0: Good morning. It's time to talk about Sacks City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sacks since sliced? Well, Sacks. Keep your sacks smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks, and take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over six million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACKCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACKCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves manscaped. Got Bush? Oh, yeah. That's what we call a sack lunch! Mm-hmm. Nom, 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 nom.
1: Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another episode of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful football Thursday, September 15th, here in the city. Episode 82 is about to kick off. We are diving into the AFC matchups, including including tonight's big Thursday night football game between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Football is tonight. We are back. We are better than ever. Aaron, how goes it?
2: It's good, man. I can't shake this cough. A um, little... A little, little phlegm, a little congested up in this little, area. A little built up, a little built but, up action. But it never really gets to this area, so I still bring that football knowledge, so we're still ready to go.
1: Well, we, well, I'm going to need that football knowledge today because to kick off our show, we have a little week to power rankings i want to get into the power rankings before we even get into our morning headlines before we even get into our injury report because what we're going to be doing now is every week every wednesday we're going to be dropping an episode that solely features power rankings of the 32 teams in the nfl we are all hard at work putting these power rankings together specifically aaron uh and uh it's time to unveil it. So let's go 32 to 25 right here. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Chicago Bears stay put at 32, 31. We've got some big movers here. Dropping six spots are the Panthers and the Patriots. Panthers now at 25. Uh, Patriots now at 28. And the Jets falling seven spots all the way down to 30. And uh, I think the biggest riser here is the Houston Texans. Any notes from this group of uh group of what i have eight group of eight here
2: yeah i will just say this you know this list obviously when we talk about power ranking rankings um it changes every from week to week and this is not based on who wins this is not based on who loses this is not based this is based on what basically i've seen over how they played the the situation they were in um, the outcome of the game everything's taken into consideration in this um I would say the biggest note there is obviously the New England Patriots, right? It's a playoff team from last year, dropping six spots. And I just was not impressed with their offensive game plan, with their ability to move the football, with their ability to create explosive plays. And in an AFC, which is a very, very tough conference, they're going to have a hard time winning games. So um, they dropped significantly for me. They're going to have to show me more in order to start moving back up Um, again. A team could have won the game. That doesn't mean I'm excited for the rest of their season. Uh, we talked yeah. about the Seattle game, Seattle going and beating Denver great win, but you're not going to jump up to 15 just because you beat a team that we feel like could make the playoffs. fact of the matter is it was a home game. Um, you have to show me more. And, and then again, there was a couple of turnovers on the goal line. I take all of those things into consideration. And for somebody that sits down on a Sunday afternoon and watches as much of football as anybody could possibly watch. Cause I know we can't all see every play of every game, but I am on watching multiple screens, watching multiple games. Um it's I, I see a lot of football. So I'm going to to take everything I've seen into consideration. And that's kind of where those those teams just didn't impress me. At the end of the day, yeah. um the, the biggest one that people, Atlanta, almost won. Almost won. But they yeah, we, we have to talk about the sixteen point lead blown in the fourth quarter. Like that that's matters, what- and that's what bad teams do.
1: That's where that's where I guess I, I I had my focus on was Atlanta gave the Saints a, a fight at the beginning of that game, but then blew it at the end. I think that's where you still have w- w- like why you would still have them there. And I, I'm, I'm very happy you left the Bears right at 31. Nothing changed with them because I feel like with the Sam, excuse me, with the San Francisco 49ers. Bears game, it was such a slot fest. It was so hard to wrap my head around uh, and give an actual good judgment of where the Bears and the Niners actually land. So I'm happy that you have the Bears uh, at 31. We'll move on to 17 through 24. And this features your biggest faller in the Dallas Cowboys going all the way from 8 to number 10 or for going all the way from 8 to 18 here on this list. Uh, And the Steelers actually getting our biggest jump up going to 17 now, jumping up nine spots. Uh, Take us through at least the process of the Steelers jumping up nine spots, Aaron.
2: Yeah, super impressed when you have a road division game and you're able to play defensively, especially the way they played against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were the defending AFC champions. So I didn't think that could be overlooked. I thought (laughs) we talked about this um, early early on was – we weren't sure that we even trusted our six and 11 predictions and, uh, of you know, things like that of the Pittsburgh Steelers because of the Mike Tomlin factor. And it looks to be proven that maybe we were wrong because of the fact that they were able to come out and play so well. Now, they did suffer a couple of injuries that I'm concerned about. Uh, but from week one, they looked like one of the more impressive football teams. And I have to account for that. I have to give them credit for that. There's nothing any of those teams below them have shown me that says, you know what? The Steelers aren't a better football team than them. So from from top to bottom, organizational to coach to players, um, I thought they deserved the, one of the biggest jumps and they got it.
1: Yeah, that uh, they that it still bugs me that we put them at six and eleven. And then like it was this team is just showing us that. Mike Tomlin still has it. No matter what, Mike Tomlin still has these guys under control and has it all figured out. Uh, I like the fact that you move them up to 17. Now, the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys one is pretty self-explanatory, them dropping 10 spots. It has a lot to do with the fact that they have no Dak Prescott and also probably has a lot to do with the fact that They didn't even look good with Dak Prescott against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I would assume even if Dak didn't get hurt, they would fall. But because they now lose Dak, they fall the 10 spots. That one makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, You want to address this comment here? Why are the Cardinals not lower after getting absolutely torched by the Kansas City Chiefs? Is it so much that it was the Kansas City Chiefs and it's more understandable? Or... Take us through the the thought process of only dropping the Cardinals – the Arizona Panthers, I should say, uh, which I have on this list, uh, one spot.
2: Oh, I didn't even see the word. Um, Yeah, that's what they played like was the Panthers. Um, But, yeah, they did drop a spot. I mean, not everybody's going to drop – excuse me – eight spots. Um, They played one of the best teams in football. Um, So I take that into consideration. And then again, I I also compare them to the teams that are below them and what I think they could do if they played those teams. So um, I still feel like Arizona is going to win some games. They have a dynamic quarterback. They have some playmakers on that team. Uh, They should be getting DeAndre Hopkins back in the middle of the season. So they dropped because of how bad the loss was, but they didn't have to drop significantly because it wasn't a bad loss to a, a middle tier team. It wasn't like they got blown out by the Philadelphia Eagles. They got blown out by arguably the best team in football at this point. So um, yeah, I took that into consideration and I'm sure if they struggle again this week, then they'll have another fall next week. But right now um, I'm comfortable with where they're at. They dropped the spot. Um, they're kind of a middle of the road team. That's what they are. And they're going to have good weeks and they're going to have bad weeks. And week one was a bad week.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'm fine with that. The commanders Mm -hmm. jump up four spots. Uh, Tom's Giants. I see Tom in the chat. chat, Shout out Tom. Uh, His Giants move up two spots after taking down the Tennessee Titans, who fall two spots And the Lions. They are creeping up, jumping up four spots because they put up an absolute fight against the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll jump to now 17 to not 17 to 24. We'll jump up now to nine to 16 here packers falling five spots colts falling six spots Bengals falling four spots lots of fallers in this one but there's also the big jump of the minnesota vikings who took down the green bay packers on sunday they jump up six spots and the biggest one here aaron and uh, you mentioned it earlier just because the team lost and just because the team won does not mean doesn't doesn't have everything to do with it. The Denver Broncos fell and got upset by the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. They actually jump up two spots. Take us behind your thought process of of having the Broncos actually move up.
2: Yeah, despite the loss, I thought the Broncos actually played fairly well. I thought defensively they did a good enough job to keep um, the Seattle Seahawks out of the end zone. I thought they had two. Prime red zone opportunities, and it, of course, it came with two fumbles. But Russell Wilson looked good. I thought they 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 moved the ball. They had almost 500 yards of offense. They just didn't get the ball in the end zone, and I think that's something that can be fixed. Turnovers can be fixed. I like what I saw from them. Um, obviously, the coaching is a question mark and the experience there. But this also has more to do with the teams that drop. Um, that were very unimpressive to me, the Indianapolis Colts who were really unimpressive to me, getting really blown out for most of that game and then having to f- fight their way back in order to, to, to get something moving. That was really unimpressive to me, um, especially with this good of a day that that Jonathan Taylor had. That was what was weird about that game. Um, but then you also had you know the Dallas Cowboys who dropped significantly, the Cincinnati Bengals who dropped significantly because of the way they looked. So a lot of that had moving up and moving down had to do with people dropping. Um, and I looked at Denver and I said, you know, that's kind of a status quo team to me. I think we weren't really sure what to expect from them. And that's what we got from week one. I also did take into consideration uh, some of these teams that did not play anybody in preseason. And so that did matter a little bit for me. I thought that was more of a preseason game for Denver. We we had talked about, I thought they should have played more. Um, and that's exactly what, what happened. They looked sloppy. So uh, with Denver there, I, I think that, I think they still are a good football team. I think watching them, I was like, you know what? That's a good football team. They're going to be tough to beat despite losing week one on the road in a tough place to play, which we know Seattle wanted to beat Russell Wilson. That's one of those yeah. games. We know they were going to bring everything they had and they did and they got the win, but I don't buy that necessarily going forward.
1: People don't like it. People don't like it. People don't like it here. People don't like the fact that you have the Broncos uh, moving up here. Um I get, I get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying. And th- that game is like almost, I don't want to say it was like an, um, it's hard to describe it. And I don't want to say it's like a neutral site game for like what college football game football, football is, but like, it's almost, it almost makes it a neutral game. Although the upset was pretty, or the uh, the Broncos were heavily favored in this game. It's almost like a neutral game because of all the, Hype that was around this game of all the emotion that the Seattle Seahawks had now playing for Geno Smith, playing for that, and like it being a little bit more understandable that the Broncos did fault the Seattle Seahawks in that game. Uh, the it's Niners week one. won. I mean, yeah, really, exactly. That's,
2: it's week one. Like, we look at the game. Some Houston almost beat the Colts. Like, there were so many quote bad teams that we thought were going to be bad. That yeah. almost won or or won the game. And so, yes, it's week one of the NFL season. It happens every year. Talk to me in week 10. If Seattle's still playing like this in week 10 and Denver's still playing like that in week 10, then you can best believe that Denver's going to be in the bottom of my power rankings and Seattle won't. But week one, I'm not going to overreact to one week. It's the NFL. It happens. These are professional athletes. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not going to overreact.
1: Okay, I, think, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I think a lot of people, but a lot of people don't understand maybe fully when like someone's making a legit, like people will always have an opinion on power rankings, but never actually understand how like they actually work. Like when you're, when you're doing it and just some things fall the way they fall when, when you're talking about people going down and people going up it pushes people back it pushes people up like that it like there's a system to power ranking so sometimes it always doesn't work out that way uh so the broncos move up two spots colts move down six spots big stuff right there uh getting into your top eight this one not much changing at number one the buffalo bills still hold that number one spot but it's the Chiefs slotting in at number two moving up three spots which then turns into Baltimore going down Tampa going down i assume those don't have too much chatter going with it it is almost just just how good the chiefs looked in week 1 but the chargers move up 5 spots right behind them at 7 is the miami dolphins jumping up 7 spots what are your what is your thought process of having the dolphins uh look i mean they looked great they looked they looked good against uh, against the new england patriots but 7 spots that into the top eight here, that's huge for the Dolphins.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, this is one of my favorites. The Miami Dolphins are one of my sleeper teams this year. Um, I've been saying it all offseason. I think the Miami Dolphins have a chance to get into the playoffs and, and make some noise. Now, do I think they can compete with the Buffaloes, with the Kansas Cities? No, not particularly. But I do think that that's a team that's going to be a tough out each week. And they went into a division opponent, which I get it. It's New England, and I don't feel too strongly about New England. But – we talked about Belichick and that owning that division, and Miami has consistently kind of beat them at home. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Everybody thought this was still going to be a close game, and Miami kind of dominated from start to finish. I thought the defense looked great. I thought Tua looked good. I thought the involvement of Tyreek Hill was was exactly what they needed. Um, I still have concerns about that running game, but I thought Miami showed what they needed to show. This is going to be a test this week. They play Baltimore. Um, this is what I want to see from Miami this week will tell me if I moved them up a little bit too quickly, or if I need to move them back down because they're just not quite ready for the big stage yet. But I am impressed with what I've seen from Miami in the off season. I like the, the creativity that Mike McDaniel is using on that offensive side of the football, getting his playmakers, the ball quickly. Uh, So I'm excited for Miami. I've I've said that before, Um, but this week will be a telling tale um, of, of what actually what happens going forward.
1: Let's do it. I'm sorry. We got to do that. Your, your top 10 or your top eight is pretty self-explanatory, but we talk about on this show all the time that if you don't like something on our show, hit us up in the chat. Come on on live and tell my, us you don't my, like
2: my it. My guy's been in, in the YouTube chat and this chat. I like it.
1: Bring it up. Get, let's get it. So divine comedy, shout out divine comedy. This is what we appreciate uh, our fans listening and watching our shows, getting at it with us. He really doesn't like the fact that you had Denver, moving up those spots. He actually <laughs> even brought up the fact that we actually had Denver gain more for losing than Seattle did for beating the odds. Yep. And we got them emotional. Aaron, <laughs> here's your chance. This is it. This is what we wanted.
2: You know how much I love people that say they're emotional about sports. That's the problem. Can't be emotional. This has nothing to do with emotions. It has everything to do with logic and logic says Seattle had a great week, but power rankings aren't about where you're at. Where are did you win this week or not? At least my power rankings are not. My power rankings are, where do you rank amongst the NFL teams going forward? How we are projecting who are the best teams in the NFL. And I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks are not in. They won a game against a, what we consider a quality opponent at home. That is the NFL. Could you imagine if last year, Vinny, you would have just said, you know what? Jacksonville should move up 15 spots in power rankings, 20 spots nine because, they beat maybe. because they beat the Buffalo Bills nine to six. Could you imagine how much like clapback you would have got from Bills fans or just from NFL fans in general? I'm sorry. The overreaction thing does not work here. Seattle had one game in a in a in a season opener at home, uh, played in preseason. Although Geno Smith played more probably than any quarterback in the preseason. Uh, they had nothing but young guys. All of them got work in the preseason against a team that played none of their starters in preseason on the road in a quote revenge game for Seattle and for for Russell Wilson. And they looked the part. They had penalties. They had turnovers. And Denver was not ready for that game. So yes, credit to Seattle for being prepared. But that does not mean Seattle is a better football team than Denver. That does not mean Seattle is going to have a better record than Denver. That does not mean that Seattle belongs higher than. Denver, because that's your team. I'm not okay with making my decisions based on emotion. I was impressed with Seattle for one week. I was impressed with them, but I wasn't impressed with them enough to move them ahead of some other teams, that I think they're not more talented than, have better schemes than, have better personnel than. They are going to have to prove more in order for that to happen. Thank you for the emotion, but I am an emotionless person when it comes to talking about this sports stuff.
1: The man's heartless. I can confirm I,
2: my own team. The- I'm a
1: Dallas Cowboys fan. I could have easily
2: said, well, Dak Prescott's sir, We should still be where no, they, they, they sucked against Tampa Bay. They lost 10 spots. Most people yeah. in power rankings don't move people, 10 spots. It's just, it, it's rare. It happens re- despite what happened. And so I did, I moved them 10 spots. And to be honest, if it wasn't for some of those other lackluster performances from teams behind them, they may have gone even further down. So, again, this has nothing to do with emotion or fandom or I don't care. I don't have anything against any of these teams or any of these players except for Mac Jones. And (laughs) and so it's reflected in those power rankings. I am. And Vinny, you can attest to this. I'm a very neutral party. I will treat everybody the same. If Seattle goes out and wins next week and it wins again, you will see them climb up my power rankings, and I will give them the credit. I will say, I was wrong. I have no problem admitting that. But again, you're going to have to show me more than one home game uh, in a season opener.
1: Well done. Well done. Again, shout out to Vine comedy for uh, having some emotion here and uh, bringing the heat. I do this appreciate we his want. comments. Yeah, I, mean, this I really little... do. We
2: got into this it is... about Russell Wilson and the booing of Russell Wilson on YouTube. So I do oh, appreciate okay. it. We, we have differing opinions about whether they should boo Russell Wilson or not what he's done for that organization or not. Um, I like people coming at me. That's, I have no problem with it. It's all good. Uh, I appreciate the the fandom and, 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 you know, his opinions.
1: Yeah. Respect. And we appreciate you coming on the show uh, to, to defend, basically to defend yourself. We talk we talk about all the time in our YouTube chat, like when we have our YouTube clips, those aren't live. So like, if you want to, if you want to really, really come on here and defend your team and really talk that ish, Come on the show. Come on live. Shout out to Vine Comedy for doing such a thing. Uh, and this might be a true comment. I'm not arguing. This might be a true comment. I might actually agree with you
2: that Denver may possibly should be lower. But when you bring up that list, uh, can you bring up that like middle tier yep. list again? Uh, where does Denver go? The Raiders lost. The Bengals played like crap and lost. The Eagles. Played decent offensively, bad defensively against a poor Detroit team. San Francisco lost to Chicago. The Colts didn't play well. These are all teams in that middle of the road, really from 11 down to 16, that they're very hard to rank because of those factors. But the only thing I took into consideration here was that none of those other teams, outside of maybe Cincinnati, who played a division opponent, none of those other teams really had anything like – for the other team to play for, like the Chargers Raiders, it was a division game, but it was like, okay, they play each other. It's nothing serious. Like Philly, Detroit, nothing bears. Niners, nothing. We knew that Seattle was going to come out hyped up for that game because of the Russell Wilson factor. None of those other teams opponents really had that. And those teams still struggle.
1: So I think I did take those things into consideration. I think something that I would, I would say, and I would come in here and say is I, I think I would personally consider flip-flopping Philly and Denver just because of the fact that Denver did lose to Seattle, the, the Philadelphia Eagles did get the job done against Detroit, whether like we talk about all the time, a win is a win. And not in my power rankings. It's not, I, I, I see that. And that's, and that's fine. We, you come on here and you defend it. You talk it, you bring it, you back it up. It's perfectly fine. Um, but when looking at like the comparing the win for the Philadelphia Eagles against Detroit, against the loss of the Seattle Seahawks, I don't know if I'd say the Detroit lions weren't like playing for anything. I think there's a lot of hype around. No, the game.
2: No, 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 no. I'm not saying playing for anything. I'm, I mean, against that certain opponent, like yeah, it's not no, extra I get, fuel to anything.
1: I get that. I get that. And, that. and that's fair. But I do think that the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles were able to figure out and pull out this win, even though it was against the Detroit lions team, that can has I ask been you a compl- question? Yep. I, and I know
2: I, I get what you're saying. Um, Philly and Denver plays tomorrow. Who are you taking in that game? I think that's the next
1: I think I think those two teams are right there. To be honest, like, if it wasn't, if it was, like, when you go back to your power rankings, if it wasn't for the Raiders and the Bengals being, like, right in between those, like, I don't know if I can, like, with with the way those teams ended up playing, I would even consider dropping Cincinnati back because of the way they looked against the Pittsburgh Steelers and moving Philadelphia up there. But I just don't think that, like, I it's think the, the Denver, for me. I think the Denver Broncos and the Philadelphia Eagles are like right here, like here and here, where I'm maybe picking, maybe, I'm maybe I get a team that's
2: more complete.
1: I'd get, gi- I'd give the edge to a Russell Wilson led team, and that's only a slight edge because I do not like Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think he's going to be a. I don't, I don't believe in him. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong, but. I do think I give the edge to the, the Broncos because of that Russell Wilson, everything else. I don't It's, it's back and forth, but either way, well, that really is our, everything else you think
2: the Phillies defense is back and forth with Denver's after the showing that was just put out there after everything I told you fair. in the off season. It's fair. Like, no, no. When I look at those teams. I'm like, okay, Russell Wilson compared to Jalen hurts. Yes. But then I'm looking at that defense and I'm like, they don't compare like defensively. Denver's defense did show up despite Geno well, Smith looking I break, good at the full
1: I, I, I break it up into a numbers game then, okay? I break it up into a numbers <laughs> game. You got the edge on offense to the Eagles, or, or the edge on offense to the Broncos, I should say, the edge on defense to the Broncos, the edge of coaching to the Eagles. It's 2-1. to one, It's right there. It's close. And I do think coaching matters quite a lot in this league. Um, but it's good. That, that, that's good. I, I don't think that – I just don't – I don't know, know about Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, that's that, that's yeah, kind of yeah, where you're I'm
2: worried at. Worried about but, Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Yes, but either way, I digress. We digress. That is our power rankings again. The top spots will go back to the top eight. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs own the top two spots. Can I say one
2: more thing about the Saints, really quick? Because sure. I I was concerned about them moving up a spot, even though, and it goes to my point of, oh, they looked ugly against a, a division opponent on the road. Um, I what I didn't feel great about the Saints sitting at five still. But I couldn't, I, I just couldn't find myself moving the Chargers up that extra spot and the Dolphins up an extra spot
0: and, and then putting, you know, maybe at eight or whether I really feel strongly
2: about them or not, um, like I did at, to start the year. So I didn't love that keeping the Saints there. That was probably my one where I'm like, eh, if somebody questioned it, I really couldn't defend it. Um, I didn't love keeping the Saints at five. Or moving them up to five.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I get it. I get it. Uh, we're One last, one last thing. This is my turn. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily say Nathaniel Hackett can't hack it. No pun intended. Um, and, but McDaniel. I, I don't, I don't think that I, I didn't bring up McDaniels at all, but I do think that there's something, there's something to be said about Nathaniel Hackett's failures in Jacksonville. And then him going to to Aaron Rodgers and getting the Aaron Rodgers treatment um, again. Not saying he can't hack it, but we'll see. Uh, that wait, does. Wait, wait, for wait, what a power- does he mean?
2: What does he mean by McDaniel's has failed before?
1: Maybe we'll get into that later on in the show. If he wants to, if Divine Comedy wants to throw it out there and, and uh, say what he means, we can get into it there. Um, but we do have to move on to our morning headlines.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Did you
1: unmute yourself to just cough during that uh, during that video? Oh, I, you
2: know what? No, it was an accident because I tried to hit it before you hit the video, and I must have been after it already started. We've got a little bit of a delay.
1: Ron Burgundy comes up. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. There must have been a all little right.
2: bit of a delay there.
1: No worries. It's all, it's, t- it's time for our morning headlines. we kick things off uh, with Aaron Rodgers calling out his young wide receivers, but saying that things won't change. The, the approach will, not will not change. He said, quote, I've got to play the same way. I don't play this way. I, I don't play the way I played in 2011, but I've got to play on time and guys got to get open. So no, I'm not going to change the way I play. I have to realize who's out there who we're throwing to, and how we're going to actually make some hay? Some hay? Does it, did he actually say hay? He said the word it's, hay. Oh, what a it's guy. Isn't it? It quote, isn't it? It is, but I didn't know. I didn't know if someone just maybe misquoted it. I don't know. Uh, he said, "And how we are going to? How we're going to actually make some hay and score some points?" So Aaron Rodgers not too concerned about his young wide receivers uh, saying that the plan will stay the same, but the concern has to be in the back of his mind that the young receivers have to step up. Uh, In other news, Cam Akers was actually surprised by his limited role on Thursday night football against the Buffalo Bills last week says the urgency conversation happened. In training camp, he only had just three carries, no receptions uh, in that game, in that loss against the Buffalo Bills last week. We'll see if this week the Rams can get get it back together uh, against the Atlanta Falcons and see if they can get Cam Akers involved in that game at home. And last but certainly not least, another running back that didn't get too involved in the game on Sunday, Damian Pierce, the rookie running back for the houston texans uh only had 12 touches on sunday lovey smith came out and said that damian pierce needs to be more involved in this offense yeah for my fantasy team damian pierce (laughs) needs to be involved more in this offense thank you lovey smith
2: All right, it's time for that wonderful injury report. Um, we got a lot of injuries, but we're kind of narrowing them down to some key ones. We think for tonight's game, Chargers corner JC Jackson remains questionable for tonight. Um, he'll work out to determine if he can go. Remember, he had that ankle surgery uh, a few weeks ago, and he hasn't practiced this week at all. Um, so that'll be that'll be kind of a game time decision there for tonight against the Chiefs. They really could use him tonight. Um, also in the AFC West Broncos play safety, Justin Simmons on IR. That I think is a big injury to that defense We're talking about one of the better safeties in the NFL uh, suffered a thigh injury in the second half of the game on Monday. That could significantly impact um, what Denver is able to do in that secondary famous Jameis Winston is limited in practice with the back injury originally took him out of the game for a brief period of time. Uh, I'm not too concerned about it. I think Jameis will be fine. Um, But it is notable. Obviously, if they lose Jameis, we've seen what happened last year. They really could not find any offense. Uh, The Ian Book experiment, the Trevor Simeons of the world, they really just couldn't get to where they needed to be offensively. And then George Kittle remains off the field after missing practice again with a growing injury. Um, I think he actually started practice and then left practice um, again. So uh, not good there for the 49ers and George Kittle. And this is why some people are scared of George Kittle. It's because the way he plays, he tends to have these nagging, Lingering injuries that uh, just kind of keep him off the field and uh, it's not good for the 49ers. So uh, a couple of injuries there. That's all we have for today. Um, well, Najee a- Harris, Dak Prescott. Um, also, you know, some injury news there, but nothing. I don't think there's anything significant. Najee says he'll play. Dak's obviously had a surgery and uh, things seem to be trending in the right direction. Hopefully uh, for a quick recovery.
1: We did just get kind of not, I don't know if you want to consider this breaking news during the show or during that injury report. Conveniently, it happened during our injury report, but the Steelers have officially placed star star TJ Watt on injury reserve. And he's likely out for the next six weeks or so while he rehabs his torn peck that happened in the game on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Steelers will be without Watt um, for the foreseeable future. We're actually going to be covering the Steelers game coming up in a little bit, But without further ado, uh, no, actually, we're going to go. Sorry, I got got ahead of myself here. After this quick commercial break, we are going to head into
0: our week two season previews. This season preview is brought to you by Manscaped's brand new ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner. This luxurious lather cleanses and nourishes in just one step using coconut water, green tea and aloe. This non-greasy daily formula is naturally hydrating and rich in antioxidants to revitalize the look and feel of your hair. So head on over to Manscaped.com and use the promo code SACCITY for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. The new ultra-premium 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. Take care of hair everywhere.
1: You wonder why I wanted a generic one. Uh, We have one that says Game Previews. Is there one that says Game Previews? Yeah, that's what I do for my for my clipping is. And we have generic ones, too. Oh, well, I digress. (laughs) It is now time for our week two season previews, kicking things off with the Thursday night football game between. Oh, you froze the worst time. Your face is great. Sorry. OK. Coming back down to earth. We're kicking things off with our week two season preview with the Los Angeles Chargers at 1-0. oh game preview. We are previewing the games for week two. Not seasons. We are previewing games. (laughs) Uh, Game preview. Los Angeles Chargers at 1-0. Traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs, also 1-0. Tonight on Thursday Night Football, the Chiefs opened up as as three-point favorites in this game. Really, Vegas thinks this game could be a coin flip. Uh, with an over-under of 52 and a half points. I want this to be noted here, that, the, that Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert have played three times uh, in their careers, and all three games have been decided by a game-winning score in the final minute or in overtime. So this game is expected to be another close one, another high-scoring game. Uh, Aaron, what do you think the X factor in this game is going to be?
2: The X factor is going to be can somebody on the on the Chargers um, fill that Keenan Allen role and step up. I, I get it. Justin Herbert's very similar to Patrick Mahomes. I don't really think he needs a number one guy, but I saw last week a Mike Williams kind of disappear. He went to DeAndre Carter and guys like Gerald Everett. So who is going to be that guy that they need to step up and actually make those plays? I think for the Chargers in this game, I don't think there's much defense here. Um Listen, the Chargers defense played really good against the Raiders. I thought some of that was schematically poor on the Raiders part. Uh, But I I think the Chiefs are different. I don't don't care how good a Khalil Mack is or how good a Joey Bosa is, uh, how good that Chargers secondary thinks they are. You are now taking on a different animal when we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think it, I think it's about offensively, who can the Chargers trust to step up in moments where it matters most, where they usually go to third and eight, it's Keenan Allen over the middle. Third and 12, it's Keenan Allen over the middle. Um, and then, you know, they sprinkle in guys to get involved and make plays. But I think it, tonight, third down is going to be huge. Who are going to be those guys on the Chargers that make those plays on third downs? I think that's my biggest question mark slash X factor, I guess I would say Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, guys like that um, have to play well tonight against a really, really quality opponent in the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah. Last week, the Chargers had six sacks against the Las Vegas Raiders and the Chiefs didn't allow a single sack against the Arizona Cardinals. One of those, one of those streaks is going to have to break. One of those teams is going to have, one of those teams is going to continue their streak. And one of those teams is going to fall off. Um, But I think one of the biggest things, and I think it's a layup here. I wanted to talk about is how good Patrick Mahomes truly has been in the month of September. He has been absolutely dominant, a 12 and 2 record in the month of September. His his touchdown and interception ratio is incredible with 46 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, and that last note at the bottom there, games with 3 plus touchdowns. He's had 12 wins, and all 12 of those wins, he's had 3 Plus touchdowns. This game is expected to hit to, to be around that 52 and a half uh over under last season. These two teams put up 54 total points. So you can probably expect Patrick Mahomes to throw another at least three touchdowns. Last week he threw four touchdowns. Can I ask you a question?
2: How no. do those numbers differ? And I'm I'm seriously asking this. Do, I mean you may not have them, but I'll have how to do look, I'll have to get with differ. my research team. <laughs> from like October, November, December, like I I would be curious to see, is is there a drop-off with, is there, is it similar? Or are we just, just when I say Patrick Holmes is great.
1: When I, when I go into work tomorrow, I will get my, I will get, I will get somebody to look up his numbers compared to uh, October and November. I'll get I'll get a monthly report on uh, Patrick Mahomes tomorrow. When I go into work, just, just, just for you. Um, Yeah, but in this game, so so Patrick Holmes, Not, not only is Patrick Mahomes as good as he is in the month of September, but he's also twenty-one and three against the AFC West. Two of those losses coming against the Los Angeles Chargers. But in this game, like it's headlined Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, rightfully so. But Aaron, what do you think? <laughs> A lot is going on over there, Vincent. <laughs>
0: There's a lot yes, going we all on saw him.
1: your face just creep. We still can see that. you. <laughs> yeah, she's just trying to hide. She's about to crawl. She's about to crawl through. Um, oh my goodness! But so all the all the chatter is about Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. Like that's rightfully so. But Aaron, what is one thing that no one is talking about in this game that should be talked about?
2: Um, I think it's the Chiefs' running game. To be honest, um, it's the. It's the Clyde Edwards Alaire. It's the Isaiah Pacheco because that is where they need their production to come from. They need that aspect of their game. They don't need a lot of it, but last week they ran the ball, I believe
0: it was close to almost 30 times, 27, 28 times. Um for yards aiding the game. But Isaiah Pacheco and 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 Clyde Edwards Alaire need to
2: be involved. Um, I know Clyde didn't run the ball a lot last week, but he was a very efficient with his runs. He averaged six yards of carry and the Pacheco came in towards the end for garbage time and cleaned up and, and did pretty well. They just need to attempt. And I've said this about them. I've said this about Buffalo, these explosive offenses that love to spread the ball around and throw it. That's fine. But you have to have the threat of a running game at some point in the red zone, uh, third and one uh, play actions on second and short, like, you just have to have the threat. So the defense has to respect it. And I think that's going to be important for Kansas city in this one uh, to continue to just use their running backs in creative ways to, to create some sort of running uh, illusion that there's a running game on, on their team.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about in the off season is how they just have to get them involved in some way. They don't have to be incredibly effective. They don't have to be, they don't have to be like, this perfect rushing team because that's not their style. It's Patrick Mahomes' offense, but they have to have that be in, uh, in this game and in, in throughout the season. Like, uh, like you said, I mean, they, they rushed the ball around 27 times last season, last week with Pacheco Edwards, and even Jarek McKinnon had some work. Um, So that's going to be huge here in this game against the chargers. Get to the predictions here, Aaron. We got a 52 and a half over under last year. They put up 54 plus points in those games. What's your score?
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to be over 52 and a half in my opinion. I, I think the Chiefs offense is damn near unstoppable, it's, which is which is crazy without Tyree Kill. But Patrick Mahomes does not discriminate. You've seen how many guys caught passes last week, caught touchdowns last week. Um, I think it happens again. Um, I think they're able to move the ball and they're able to score pretty effectively. I'm going to take Kansas City in this one. They're at home. I think it, I think it is a close game. I do like what the Chargers are doing. But defensively, I still have questions um, and they're probably not going to get those answers today either because of the, the run game. I don't think Kansas City is going to commit to it. Um, but I, I think Kansas City pulls this one out. I'm going to say Kansas City wins 34 to 31. I'll say 34 31, Kansas City.
1: I'm going to go with 35 33, Kansas City. I do think that just, I think these two teams split this year. Um, I think the chiefs get the win here tonight on prime time at home. I do think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I just, I think, I think we're going to see the loss of Keenan Allen play a part in this game. Like, I think that's what it, what it comes down to is that Patrick Mahomes is able to make his weapons look much better than what Justin Herbert is. And there's just going to be that one stop, that the Kansas City Chiefs get on Patrick, or the Kansas City Chiefs get on Justin Herbert tonight, um, that has them get the win, thirty-five to thirty-three. And it's not a shot at Justin Herbert. Last week we saw we saw plenty of guys, plenty of lower-name guys uh, on the Chargers, and I don't mean I don't mean disrespect, like lower-name guys, but guys other than Keenan Allen get involved, and even other than Mike Williams, because he wasn't that involved either. Last week, um, we saw Justin uh, Justin Herbert able to make those guys look good. So he he has the ability, but I think Patrick Mahomes just has that little ability, a little bit more ability. And you can also say, even the weapons that Patrick Mahomes have, they're more established than what is in in Los Angeles. That could be the difference maker as well.
2: Well, one thing to know: uh, big big loss for Kansas City. Trent McDuffie's on IR. Uh, their rookie corner, he he moved to IR with an injury. He's out for at least four weeks. Um, I think that's a big blow to the Kansas City secondary uh, because they already had lost various Ward. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I'm on the, I'm on the other side. What's, what's so funny. Go
1: ahead. Go ahead. I'll so, tell
2: you after I'm on the other side. I actually think that, um, Justin Herbert will be fine. And I think those weapons will step up. I think they have a bunch of guys that are really good players that are kind of behind Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, I think they will be okay from an offensive standpoint. I just worry about them being able to stop Kansas city when it matters most.
1: I uh, I was chuckling because as soon as I said what I said about the Chargers passing attack and no Keenan Allen, Bailey picks up DeAndre Carter in our Sac City Fantasy League. <laughs> oh,
2: That's Bailey, man. He told me yesterday, he sent me a message talking about the, he traded CD Lamb because of me. And I'm like, yeah. bro, I didn't tell you to trade CD Lamb and uh, Josh Jacobs for Christian Kirk and Chase Edmonds.
1: I just wanted to make sure – oh, and Ken, Kenneth Walker. Don't forget Kenneth Walker was also in that trade.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and he acted in Ken Walker like it was some – I don't
1: know. Dude. Well, I, I just – I wanted to make sure that I was not getting – I was not Stop. taking you actually, You
2: absolutely hosed him.
1: But no, 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 no. We don't need to talk about that. I don't. You- I don't care what I did. But I wanted to make sure before – We made this trade. This was what he wanted to do. I wanted to make sure this was what he wanted to do. And he blamed you. So I don't care. Uh, Next game on our list. We're getting into the Sunday games here. The first Sunday game we're going to talk about is the 0-1 New York Jets traveling to Cleveland. To take on the 1-0 Cleveland Browns. The Browns took down the Carolina Panthers in week one while the Jets fell to the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns open up uh there it's actually uh, the Browns are at minus uh six and a half this morning. And my notes it says four and a half, but it's changed. The Browns are getting more and more favored with an over-under of 40 points in this game, while the Browns continue to get favored by more the over under continues to drop. I would assume this has a lot to do with the fact that Joe Flacco is going to be the quarterback for the New York jets. Hey, Joe Flacco is 17 and three all time against Cleveland Browns. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but again, this is not the same Cleveland Browns team as what Joe Flacco played against when he was the starting quarterback, uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Last week, though, and I, again, this this is where we'll start with this. Last week, the New York Jets defense looked good against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens offense. And we've talked about it in the offseason. We were, like, giving a lot of credit to uh, the Jets defense for looking good. Like, they, they, on paper, they looked good. Last week, they looked good. They held Lamar Jackson uh, to the fewest rushing yards in a game in Lamar Jackson's offensive-led career. Um, but on the other side, it was an absolute monster show by Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt against the Carolina Panthers, where they put up, where both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb put up tons of numbers. Talked about it with the Chiefs-Chargers game. I'll talk about it here. One of these has to break. Who, which side, which side gets the break in this game? Which side performs well and which side cracks? The defense for the Jets or the rushing attack for the Cleveland Browns? Well, it's easy.
2: It's the defense of the Jets, and it's because Cleveland's such a good running football team. But uh, but more so than anything, it's going to be hard for the Jets to generate offense against a good Cleveland Browns defense, which in turn is going to have their defense on the field a lot more than they want to be. It's very similar to what happened with Baltimore. Their defense played pretty well for most of the game, and then they just couldn't hold up after being on the field a lot. So I think this is, this is exactly what Cleveland wanted Though This is how they drew it up, right? Early in the season, they kind of stole one there against Carolina. They, they get a Jets team that they can go get a win against. Now you're 2-0, and and you're counting down the weeks for Deshaun Watson to come back, right? Can you stay afloat? This is what we talked about. Can Jacoby Brissett keep them afloat? And that's exactly what he's doing so far. So I, I think the Jets defense is good, but I don't think their offense is good enough to keep that Jets defense off the field long enough to create enough plays. I think the running game for Cleveland is absolutely elite when you got one of the best backs in football and a Nick Chubb, and then arguably the best running back backup or sidekick handcuff, whatever you want to call it in <laughs> uh, Kareem hunt. So it's not surprising to me that they ran for over 200 yards or had over 200 yards of offense. It's not, wouldn't be a surprise that they did it again this week. I expect a heavy dose of Chubb and hunt for the remainder of the 11 games that Deshaun Watson is out. And uh, I think Cleveland comes on the better end of that this week. I think the jets will have another week where they they just struggle to create offense against a really, really good defensive football team. And Arguably the best pass rusher that we've seen
1: in a long time in a Miles Garrett. Is there anything specifically you want to see from this Jets offense? Like, while this nope. during, during this, okay. All right. I just want to, I just want to, Zach Wilson I, has I, to play
2: football. Is that until Zach Wilson is on the field? Because that's all I care about at this point. If they've done everything, going to get Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Michael Carter and Brees Hall and Corey Davis and they CJ Uzoma tight end and they built the offensive line, they went out and tried to surround. Zach Wilson with talent and then he gets hurt and now he's on there <laughs> Joe Flacco so yeah until Zach Wilson is behind center and I can say he's the future or he's not the future really what the Jets do doesn't matter to me it really yeah. doesn't they just got to continue to play football play tough games hopefully maybe try to steal a win or two um but until Zach Wilson is under center I'm kind of just like nah on the Jets it, it is what it is they win they lose it doesn't matter because Joe Flacco obviously is not the future
1: yeah no that, that that's fair last week the Jets were two and 14 on third down against the Baltimore Ravens that's not a good recipe for success uh and I do think that continues here in this game I will take the Browns 23 to I'll go with Brown's 23 Jets 13.
2: I will take Browns 20 Jets 14 actually 20 to yeah 14 i'll take 20 to 14 okay there you go low scoring low
1: scoring next game on our list is the 0-1 patriots traveling to pittsburgh to take on the steelers uh the patriots are actually two-point favorites in this game uh again that's probably another coin flip when when you see those low uh What what do you what are you looking at me like that for it's not a
2: coin flip that's they're on the road and they're favored by two. That's not a coin flip. That I means they're heavily favoring the Patriots. Really? Yeah. Three, you get three points at home. Steelers at home normally would be neutral uh, to get three points. They have, they basically have the Patriots better than the, the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. By, well, all, all right. Significant margin. So, so by a significant margin, the Patriots are favored to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, which uh, that's. Put your money down on the Steelers in this game, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not, I don't mean to get into my prediction too early here, but lay the money down on the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. Uh, either way, the Patriots, 0 1, Steelers, 1 0. Um, the last time the Patriots started 0 1 was 2001. So maybe that's what it they, Maybe they're factoring in history. 0 2, you mean? 0 2, sorry, 0 2. Last time they started 0 2 was 2001. Um, but getting into this game and diving deeper, the New England Patriots favored in this game not favored by us we'll get into the full predictions later um but last week we saw the new england patriots run more five four wide receiver sets uh in the nfl than any other team in week one is that a problem do you think that's a problem for the new england patriots that they're running so many four wide receiver sets like they don't have the wide receivers to run four wide receiver set like i feel like that's a problem am i wrong no, it's absolutely not a problem. This is exactly what we
2: asked for, right? We asked for the Patriots to unleash Mac Jones, to not be so conservative. I mean, at least it's what I asked for to show what kind of quarterback he was actually going to be. Even Alicia agrees. <laughs> I think I, I am okay with that, but it goes to show you that they can't do it. This is what I'm talking about. It's I'm not mad that they did it because I think they needed to prove that why they picked Mac Jones. And this is what we talked about. Can Mac Jones spread it out and do what he needs to do? Well, I'm sorry, but 21 to 30 for 213 yards, not good enough. Averaging good just seven it. yards per per completion, not good enough. One touchdown, one pick, not good enough. The man had a 9.7 QBR, 9.7, I, I, 9.7. I don't know, that looks like an average. This is what the New England Patriots were saying that they had to do: allow Mac Jones to fly. Well, guess what? He flew and he ran into a tree. He <laughs> ran into—he oh. can't fly and hurt his, his back. Wing, his wings now need to be clipped. They need to—they need to scale them back again and say, you know what? We need to be a run-first team. Play action, accurate over the middle. Find our tight ends. Find Devontae Parker. That's what they should be doing. But you can't do that because you invested in Matt Jones as a franchise quarterback. And guess what? Franchise quarterbacks have to be t- in today's NFL. But Patrick I, I, Mahomes, I, I, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow. Uh, th- those guys don't disrespect they, Lamar. Lamar Lamar is different because their offense is different. But they they've recognized that and they built it around that. Yeah. And New England hasn't so. They have to be that. And and the fact of the matter is he's not that. And now they're in limbo. They don't know what to do. And then you got Matt Patricia and, you know, Joe Judge calling plays and stuff. They're confused. So Uh, the New England Patriots are a mess. They are an absolute mess.
1: And that's what it sounds like coming out of that answer that you just gave me because I asked you the question of, is that a problem that the New England Patriots are running the most four wide receiver sets in the the league last week? You basically said it is a problem but it's what the new England Patriots are going to do because they have Mac Jones. And they need Mac Jones to prove it. And it's what we wanted. It's what they have so- to do. It's what they have to do to,
2: to prove every, to prove me wrong. Yeah. The only way they can prove me wrong is to do that and say, and have Mac Jones be successful. And I'm saying, this is why it was a dumb pick. This is why he wasn't the future ever because he's not that type of quarterback at the NFL level. You need to make. He's accurate, but he's not the guy that's going to spread it out and just bam, bam, fling it all over the field. That's not Mac Jones. So, yes, they have to do it in order for him to pay off what they want him to be, and that's the problem.
1: No, no, no arguments here Pinterest on the Steelers. Patriots are in
2: trouble, man. Yeah, Pinterest's I know. In trouble. I,
1: I, I agree. Um, on the other side of things, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about it early on in the show that you now TJ Watt. Is put on IR and he's actually expected to miss six games uh, for the Steelers without TJ Watt. The Steelers are 0-4 since 2017 without TJ Watt in the lineup. Um, that may change in this game. But who do you think needs to step up the most on the defense in TJ Watt's absence?
2: Um, his replacement. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's Malik Reed if you want me. No, I don't. I think it's just a team effort. I think. I think Coach Coach Tomlin will scheme up defense. I don't think there will ever be an issue with Pittsburgh being able to scheme up a, a defense. I, after watching what I watched, what they did to a Cincinnati Bengals offense, who everybody was high on, new offensive line. We're going to block for Joe Burrow. We're going to Joe Burrow, you know, smoking cigar, whatever he wants to do. I don't know. Came out and they looked like the old Cincinnati Bengals. And a lot of that credit has to go to Mike Tomlin and what that defense was able to do. So I'm not really concerned about one guy. I'd be more concerned about as a collective unit, how do we generate pressure? Uh, Maybe it's now up the middle more with Tyson Alualua, Cameron Hayward and and those boys. And then you get Larry Ogunjobi um, on the outside working a little bit. I think that's more of what I'm looking for. Devin Bush and Miles Jack, maybe blitz a little bit more. Minka Fitzpatrick making more plays in the secondary. To me, it's gotta be a collective effort because TJ Watt is so good at getting to the pastor. Um, but again, it's hard not to have faith in Mike Tomlin and that defense. Yeah. They, now the Steelers have a lot of issues. They can't run the football. The offensive line play is still not good. And Mitch Trubisky still got to figure out how to get, get big plays. But the fact of the matter is, is that defense will show up, will show up. And, and I think that's going to be big for, for the Steelers in this. one.
1: Yeah. We, we talked about, uh, we, we, we talked about how in a Thursday night matchup, it was uh, it's Mahomes versus Herbert, the big quarterback matchup. This almost is like a big, big matchup, but at the coaching position, you got Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin, two of the great, some of the greatest coaches of all time, basically um, going at it. And I mean, Mike Tomlin's been showing, he's, he is that dude, uh, as head coach and being able to find ways to win with nothing. Bill Belichick has not, well, I I can't say Bill Belichick hasn't because he made it to the playoffs last year with, 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 with what Mac Jones. Um, this is a true test. I think this is a true test for both teams, both coaches to say, okay, do it with nothing because on offense, well, I digress Steelers in this game, 23 to 17.
2: I think this is an extremely defensive game. I'm going to go 17-13 Steelers.
1: Ooh, I like that score. I like that score. Next game on our list is the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts at 0-1 with the tie last week against the Houston Texans. The Jaguars flat out 0-1 after the loss to the Washington Commanders. Uh, The Colts right now are four-point favorites in Jacksonville against the Jags. They're over under a a 45-and-a-half. But let, let's, let us not forget the Jacksonville Jaguars last season and what they did. They made the Colts. They forced the Colts out of the playoffs. They bounced them. They made Carson Wentz look like a fool. They made the Colts look like chumps. And they took down the Colts to continue their seven-game win streak at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Aaron, how important do you think it is for the Colts to get a win here? Not just because of the fact that the Jags have are on that streak, but also because of the fact that last week they played the Texans and they tied, they didn't get the job done. Now they face another team that they're quote supposed to beat. And if they lose here could be big. So how important is it for the Colts to get to win here? I'll be
2: honest. It's not that important. Um, I mean, for, for, you know, my power ranking is it's important for how we feel about them. Can they compete with the big dogs, Kansas city and Buffalo? It's important. But for the division, it's not that important because they play in a division where there's gonna be a lot of losses. Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee, they, so them starting 1 and one wouldn't oh, be yeah. like oh, the end of the <clears throat> excuse me the end of the world um, but I think it's important for them to have a better showing than they had on Sunday. Uh, I was not impressed outside of Jonathan Taylor. I just wasn't impressed with what the Colts were able to do. So I don't think it's it's particularly that important. I think sometimes we, Again, we overreact to what happens early in the season coming off of preseasons where nobody plays and, uh, you know, bad teams beat good teams earlier, play them close or whatever. I I don't like to overreact to some of that stuff. And I think the Colts are a veteran football team. I think they have a good defense. Um, I think their offense will get things going with Matt Ryan. They're learning, you know, together. They're growing together. Uh, I think it's more important for the way they look, Uh, especially Matt Ryan in that passing game, finding guys open. Um, that's more important to me than, than it is to get the actual win. It's a tough thing for the Colts to go to Jacksonville and win. They haven't done it in forever. And I'll be honest, I don't know that they go and get it done this week either. Like this is a game they could very well lose a division game on the road in the hot ass Jacksonville heat, uh, humidity that I feel right here in South Georgia, um, It's unbelievable. It's it's a tough, (laughs) tough place to play early in the season. And the Colts are a dome team. It's Matt Ryan's playing the dome his whole career. It wouldn't shock me if if Jacksonville comes out and gets a win. I'm still not going to look at the Colts any differently in that division.
1: Okay. That's fair. Um, I, I, am going to just stop asking you how important wins are because you always say they're not important. I guess I'll wait until like week 15, 14, 13, like later on in the season to, to give you the, the, no, how you just ask the game. ones that aren't important. Like, well, I, I think, I think this is important. Like, I, I, on the flip side, I do think this is important for the Colts? Because like maybe not like going forward, like maybe it doesn't this game, if they lose, it doesn't affect them going forward, but like, so then how is it important? I think I think what if they lose to the Jaguars here there's going to be some concern about the Indianapolis Colts as a as a as a contender as a contender I think uh, there's
2: already concern with Indianapolis Colts as a contender because I think when you watch a game like Houston thing. when you watch a game like Houston and you look at the teams like Buffalo and Kansas City does anybody think the Colts can keep, keep up right now with Kansas City or Buffalo No can, can you name the teams that well, you feel that thing, can keep think, up with them like, it's, it's a very short list. I, I, Tampa I don't maybe at their best.
1: Baltimore think, maybe
2: at their best. Outside of think, that, who's
1: keeping up? I don't think there's anybody that can keep up with, with, with the Chiefs and Bills right now. Like, there's no one. There is not so, a team in the league in both the AFC and the NFC that can keep up with the Buffalo Bills So the then we have
2: now. concern about all of those teams. What I'm saying this is, is, is right. that concern doesn't get heightened because they win or lose against Jacksonville. If they win, you're not like, Oh, now the Colts can keep up baby. Like, no, it doesn't matter. Like that. That's my point is I'm looking at what they are doing to keep up with those teams and yeah. whether that translates to a win or a loss, you know, whatever. But if Jacksonville scores 50 and the Colts score 48, I might, think twice because I could say that was a fluke for their defense because I know they're good, but the Colts still put up 50 points or close to 50 points. Now I'm thinking differently about their offense. So uh, to me, it's about what you show on the field and the win loss early in the season, uh, especially in the division game on the road is is not as important to me. It's just, it's just not.
1: All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, All right. Predictions for this game. Uh, I will take, oh man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. Jacksonville wins this game 23 to 21.
2: I told you, I think Jacksonville is a tough place to play. Um, I, I I normally go with trends and the trend of Jacksonville beating them. Something telling me here, the Colts are going to play better this week. Um, I'm going to take the Colts in this one. And I'm going to say the Colts win 24 to 23.
1: My record predictions are going to shit already and I'm going down fast. Uh, the ne- the next game on our list uh, I, Okay. Uh, the next game on our list, it is the 1-0 Miami Dolphins traveling to Baltimore to take on the 1-0 and Ravens. This might be the Sunday game, like the underrated game of the week on Sunday. Two undefeated teams with... <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh. Two undefeated teams. That was funny. They're one and oh, man. They just started.
1: <laughs> well, no, but it's, but but two teams, two teams, one and oh, entering this game. The Ravens are three and a half point favorites with an over under 44 and a half points in this game. I feel like it's it's two teams that have a two teams that have a lot to prove. Two teams that have a lot to prove whether or not they are the real deal. Because like you said earlier on in the show, we're doing our power rankings. The Ravens play the Jets. There really isn't much going on there. The Dolphins play the Patriots. There isn't really much going on there. This is a game where we're going to see if Tua can do it against a very, very good defense in Baltimore and if Lamar Jackson can do it against a good defense in, in the Miami Dolphins. So I do think that this is there's, there's a lot going on in this game. Um, let's start off with the Dolphins, though. Last week, they did get the job done against the Patriots. What do we expect to see in game two of the Tua Tyreek uh, connection? I think it's
2: more of the same. Um, you know, I, I've been on board with this guy right here. I've been on board with Tua. I, I've said it a number of times. Um, at first, I was reluctant. I don't like left handed quarterbacks. But what the Dolphins have done to build around him, it gives me some encouragement going forward. I think you see more of the same. I think you see a team that wants to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers and get it to them early. They didn't run very much last week. They didn't try to run very much last week, but they sure did get the ball into Tyreek Hill's hands and to Jalen Waddle's hands. And I expect more of the same. When you get a player like Tyreek Hill on the outside and you get the ball in his hands, that is the, the biggest game changer, I believe, in the NFL. And we can talk about all the great receivers that might be better than him as as a receiver, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, whoever you want to name. When the ball is in Tyreek Hill's hands in space, there is no one. And I mean, absolutely nobody in the NFL that is better than Tyreek Hill. So I think that is what's important here. It's using these guys to their advantage. You get the speed of a Jalen Waddell and the fast twitch plus speed of a Tyreek Hill. Um, they are playmakers and Baltimore has to understand that despite how good your corners may be or how good that secondary may be. And then Marcus Williams and, and those boys there, you are going to have to go after a different type of player in Tyree Hill. And I think, think it continues. I think they, Mike McDaniels will do a good job of getting him the ball. And um, this is my,
1: Oh no.
2: My favorite game of the, no, I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to win. I have no, like, am I leaning this way? I'm leaning that way. The odds maker have it at three and a half, so they have Baltimore as a slight, a basically a half point uh, better than 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 Miami. Uh, but I could see it going either way. Usually in these situations, so I lean towards the home team. I, I think this game is tough, man. This is probably the hardest yeah. game of the weekend to pick for me.
1: Yeah. And, and on the on the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson, obviously very, very good at football. But last year against the Miami Dolphins, he had a lot of career worst numbers and faced a lot of pretty much his toughest defense. He's faced in his entire career last season. I'll give you a rundown. I should have made a graphic for this. and I did not do it last season against the Miami Dolphins. He scored the fewest points. Uh, a Lamar Jackson led offense has ever scored with 10. They only scored 10 points against the Dolphins. He was blitzed 25 times the second most blitzes he's ever seen in a game. He only had two and a half seconds to throw the ball. The second fewest he's ever had in a game. His snaps against cover zero were the most he's ever seen in the game. And the Dolphins, although they got a new head coach in Mike McDaniels, they have they brought back the same defensive coordinator and Josh Boyer who did that same exact th- who did that to Lamar Jackson last year. Do we see a lot of the same this year this year against Lamar? And how do you think the Ravens will combat it this year? Um, if I'm not mistaken, that game was in the rain, right? I I'm, I'm
2: pretty sure I was Carpenter in I'm pretty, sure, I, I'm pretty sure I was in Reno or Tahoe in that one. And I'm pretty sure that game was rainy and sloppy. Um, maybe they do the same thing. Maybe you blitz Lamar and you you try to say beat me with one on one coverage with those wideouts. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I, I think as a defensive coordinator, you have to be creative and you have to be different. Um, but I'm 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 pretty sure Lamar will make adjustments. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's smart. I think he knows what he's doing. He's going to watch film from last year. Um, I think if they show them those same looks again, that he'll have an answer for it. So I don't know that I would be so extreme on saying that I'm coming at Lamar all game long. Um, Cause he is dynamic and he gets by one guy and he's to the house. You know what I mean? So um, could we see the same thing? Maybe I, I just don't, I think teams are more creative than that. I think they find ways to mix it up and you're probably going to see a little bit of a different um, game plan, but I, I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a bad, bad weather game um, as well. So
1: I, I don't, I, I think you might be mistaken on that one. I don't think I, it was that bad of a weather. The field looks like shit, but I don't see, like, much rain. I don't, like, I'm I don't. pretty sure, sure it, was a, it was a rain game. Like, I don't see any rain in at all through this highlight. At all. But the
2: field looks like shit?
1: But I'm pretty I, sure. The field there, looks like a Miami field, though. Like, like it just looks I don't like know. a standard I, I'm field. pretty
2: sure that there was rain in that game. I'm almost not, 100% not, positive. Not. But... Um, but, but I'm, that was I'm also playing. that was also like uh, Jacoby Brissett played that game right uh
1: yes Jacoby I'm Brissett sure played J- that game I'm yeah, sure, he did, sure, he did, yeah he
2: did yeah I'm I pretty did. sure I remember that game pretty well because I was in Reno uh, I was betting I was
1: betting uh, uh, well well there you go um let's get into the predictions of this game uh Ravens right now slightly favored over the Dolphins over under 44 and a half what do you have for a prediction of this game
2: I will take Baltimore in this one um I, I kind of want to be proven wrong with uh with with i mean proven right with miami like i'm gonna pick against them sometimes just because i want them to continue to play well but i'm gonna go baltimore here um i'll say baltimore wins 26 23
1: i will go with uh man this is, you're right this is a tough one uh give me give me the dolphins here 27 26 miami I, I i don't really know i i don't like to do that but I will I'll, I'll lean I'll lean Dolphins here 27 to 26. Next game on our list, we've got three left to cover here. The Houston Texans 0 001 take on the Broncos at 0 and 1 with the Denver Broncos being uh 10 point favorites in this game over under 45 points uh between these two teams. Texans surprised a lot of people last week when they gave the Indianapolis Colts a tough time and brought it to a tie. The Denver Broncos slightly disappointed and lost against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh Aaron this game here, how do you think? After hearing what you said in the morning, I can't ask the question that I originally planned on asking him. How did the Broncos get back on track? Because you don't really think the Broncos got off track, uh, and I don't want oh, to. Hear whoa, whoa, you whoa! Hint. I didn't say that. Okay, so you do think the Broncos got off track last week?
2: I mean, obviously they had turnovers, they had penalties. That that,
1: that matters. So how did they get back Just on the- track then? Well,
2: they don't create, they don't have turnovers and they don't get penalties. <laughs> um, I think that's really what, what killed them is the turnovers, obviously two in the red zone. That's two tight. You go even two field goals there. Probably a different conversation we're having about the Broncos this week. Touchdown and the field goals, even more. Two touchdowns. They blow out Seattle. That's what we're talking. You know what I mean? Like, so at the end of the day, this is just about small mistakes and details that Denver did not take care of in game one. And that could be attributed to preseason, not playing any of their guys, which again, I criticized every team for not doing. This wasn't a Denver Broncos criticism. There is something to be said that starting quarterbacks, the likes of Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, these guys went three and eight. If you did not take one snap in preseason, you went three and eight. And we're talking good teams.
1: Three and eight. Look at you with the research.
2: Um, So I I think that's a problem. And I think week one, you know, it was more of a preseason game. They had to get the feel for things. So I do expect these teams that struggled week one to come out and play better in week two and Denver being one of them. Um, I don't know about 10 point favorite, but I just think they need to clean up some stuff. I'm not a fan of a 10 point spread. I know it's at home, but this is still the NFL, man, and we got to give respect to these NFL teams. These are grown ass men getting well, paid to play football. Uh, we better start respecting some of these NFL teams.
1: Go ahead. I wouldn't say that so fast. There's another game that we have yet to predict that has a 10 point favorite, and I think it's okay. Um, but, but on the on the Texans side, on the Texans side, they obviously. Played well against the Indianapolis Colts. They could not get the job done. They couldn't finish the job against the Colts last week, but they did force a tie. They looked good. What happened last week with the Texans that you think, what did the Texans do last week? I should say that they need to bring into this week against Denver Broncos.
2: Yeah, should I say Rex Burkhead?
1: Please don't. <laughs> Please, pl- for, the love, I mean, for the love of Jesus Christ, do not say Rex Burkhead, because as a Damian Pierce fantasy owner, I want to see nothing of Rex Burkhead.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. Nothing (laughs) stood out. Defensively, I thought, I think the biggest, like, shock to me was how good they were defensively against um, the Colts offense, mainly the passing attack. But they didn't really do anything special. They still gave up 160 yards on the ground. They still gave up 350 in the air. Defensively, they were still, they like they stifled the Colts in the red zone. And I think that was, I guess, maybe the biggest thing. If you want to look at something, it's their red zone defense was, was really good. Uh, the Colts were two for five in the red zone. That, that's basically the deciding factor of the game. If they're three for five, the Colts win. If they're four for five, they blow them out. If they're five for five, we're talking about how bad Houston is. So um, I thought their red zone defense was good. But I don't know that that can continue. I don't know that you can constantly let teams move up and down the field and consistently get into the red zone and then just say, you know what, we're going to tighten up here and we're going to stop Russell Wilson from getting in the end zone.
1: Well, there's the story right there. I mean, the red zone defense of the Texans looked good last week and the red zone offense of the Denver Broncos looked like shit last week. So one of these have to break prediction time. Give me the Denver Broncos here. I think they do get back on track, Uh, but it is a close game. Let me get the Broncos here. 24 to 20. I've yeah. already changed my mind.
2: Um, Denver wins this one big, I think. <laughs> I think it's 31, like Thirty-one seventeen. Oh, okay. So you're back on the, the, the 10 yeah. points. I, I'm, I'm at home. I, I have to think that, that they're going to come out and try to make a statement. Um, 31, 17.
1: I think that might be that, that I think that's a good take. Uh, that's a good take 27 17 is what i'll switch my score up because that 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 might be your best take of the day um next game on our list it is the it features i think the only nfc team in our afc predictions here but it's the las vegas raiders hosting loss las vegas raiders hosting the arizona cardinals the zero and one raiders take on the zero and one cardinals the raiders are five and a half point favorites over the Cardinals with an over-under of 51 and a half. This is a revenge game. <laughs> revenge game for Chandler Jones, who uh owns the record for most sacks in Cardinals franchise history with 71 and a half sacks. He returns or he faces his former team. Um but really, this is I, this is what I the, the team didn't have any sacks last week. The Raiders did not have any sacks with two of the two of the best pass rushers in the league or up there uh as two of the high, most highly regarded pass rushers in the league of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Uh is this the game that you that we see why they paid Chandler Jones and why they paid Max Crosby? Um <laughs> No, like do we, no, you don't, you don't, you don't
2: think. No, I I think that's, I think that's a, I think that's, first of all, I think that's a terrible take analysis question because you did it. It was like all in one. Um, Yeah. They didn't sack Justin Herbert. Oh no. They pressured him. Like sacks is a number that people get so caught up in how many sacks you have. That doesn't mean they didn't do their job. I think Chandler Jones did his job already like against the chargers, he was putting pressure on Justin Herbert. So he didn't get to get to him and actually record a sack. I think that's so overblown. I think sacks are the most. Overrated. He didn't get a sack. Well, if you lead the league in pressures and you got zero sacks, you did your job. Like sometimes quarterbacks are really good and they get rid of the ball or you force them to get rid of it quicker than than they have to. So um, I would say Chandler Jones is already paying dividends on what he did. I watched Crosby and them get after the quarterback, stop the running game. I watched them do what they needed to do. I expect them to get after Kyler Murray in this one. Um, but let's be honest. These guys are hard to sack. Kyler Murray's a little jitterbug. Is he going to get to him and record a sack? I don't know, but he's going to put pressure on him. I know that, um, especially with that, with the way the chiefs were get, able to get after Kyler Murray. So yeah, I'm not worried about Chandler Jones and that Raiders defense to be honest look at that game against the chargers and that explosive offense that we all think the chargers can be. And the Raiders defense played really damn well. In my opinion, I thought easily the chargers could have been uh, a 30, 40 point offense, right? That's the type of offense we talk about them being. And that game's 24, 19. They only gave up one touchdown in the second half. They played significantly better in the second half than they did the first half. I thought the adjustments were made. And a matter of fact, they actually outscored uh, the chargers in the second half. So I expect those things to continue with the Raiders. I think that it is going to take time for them to gel. I think that continues, uh, but I have zero concerns or zero worries about either one of Max Crosby's or the the Chandler Jones. I mean, it, Chandler Jones got to the quarterback. He, he hit Justin Herbert. Uh, Max Crosby played out of his mind, like always. I mean, he, I think he had like 10 tackles or something like, so he's, they're fine. The Raiders on, are fine.
1: On the Cardinals side, four and eight since the in, four and eight in their last 12 games since starting last season, seven and 0 they've allowed the third most points per game allowed in that span. They've not been good. Who is to blame? And how do they solve it? Well,
2: it's, it's easy. It's a, uh, the coaching to me, I, I, I coach. It's really the coaching and the general managers because the personnel that the Cardinals have put together, especially on the defensive side of the football hasn't really panned out. And then you talk about the coaching of supposed to be an explosive offense and Kyler Murray and all the weapons and DeAndre Hopkins. They really haven't lived up to that with this air raid, like high flying five wide receiver sets that, that the Cardinals were supposed to have haven't really lived up to that. I haven't seen the hurry up offense as much. I think Kyler, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury aren't really on the same page. This Cardinals offense isn't doing the things that I thought that this innovative coaching staff was supposed to bring. Um, I think right now, Cliff Kingsbury, despite getting a contract extension is there's something, there's a disconnect there. And maybe he's just not a good coach like everybody thought, but it's hard when you, when you progress in victories each year, do you attribute that to the coach or do you attribute that to the quarterback? And yeah. I'm starting to lean more towards the quarterback yeah. because I know the abilities Kyler Murray has. Those are beautiful football. He's accurate. Um, he's able to move in and out of the pocket. But who's gonna be that coach that gets him to the next level? I don't know if Kingsbury's that guy. And at some point, not this year because <clears throat> again, they just resigned him, but at some point they're going to be question marks. And yeah. how long is is the Cardinals front office going to say, we're sticking with this guy? Uh, because obviously now they've committed to Kyler Murray. So,
1: yeah. Uh, and I mean, at the time, at the, at the time, I think, I, I think the contract that they gave him at the time is, is fine. I, I don't, I don't think that there's a big deal about what they gave him and when they gave it and how long he gave it. It's just, it's not panning out. So that's why that that's why it looks bad. But the thing is, it's you have to give these coaches time to be able to figure it out. And that's why you got such a big deal, but he's just, he's proving to you that it was, that he's not, he's not worth it so far. Um, but you, you say, you say that at
2: the time, like that was this year, like that was literally the off season of this year. Was it this year? They signed him through 2027 this year, like in 20, I I believe it was earlier this season. I thought it was last year. I may, I may be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was, it was earlier this year that they announced time is just, yeah, that was back in May. Jesus Christ. They extended him through 2027. So that was after seeing last year, after seeing the year before that, when they choked down the stretch, they signed him to five more years. Like that is telling me he's not going anywhere despite what happens this season or next season, or maybe even the season after that, because that is just too much time. Um, I am concerned now that now they, this is going to be a running theme. So that Steve Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury need to figure something out personnel wise schematically wise because it doesn't look like he's going anywhere
1: maybe get d hop back maybe that's a good start they're one and five without deandre hopkins uh their points per game with deandre hopkins is up by up in the 30s without him it's down below 20 so uh maybe getting d hop back would would help their help their uh their struggles but i don't think it solves everything i do take the raiders in this game uh 20 give me the raiders here 31 27 raiders Nah, 31, 24 Raiders.
2: Yeah, I got the Raiders in this one, too. I'm going to say 20, I'm going to say 30 to 20 Raiders.
1: Okay, fair enough. I didn't want to get, I, like, I feel disrespectful of the Raiders, say, like, putting up all those points on that defense. Like, I think the defense shows out in this game. I think they end up doing the same thing that the Chiefs did to them, but just not, not the offensive production. Um, last game. On our list, this is the game I said you might want to pump the brakes when you're talking about teams that get a 10-point a ten point favorite and it being a little disrespectful because the Buffalo Bills are 10-point favorites or 10, yeah, 10-point ten favorites over the Tennessee Titans. It's the Titans traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills on Monday Night Football, one of two Monday Night Football games. The over-under for this bad boy is 48 points. Uh, over-under for who, Buffalo or the total game? Oh my goodness. You're very funny. You are (laughs) very funny. I found this stat the other day, or I saw this stat. Fortunately fortunately to me, I found this stat. Um, The Titans are four and five in their last nine games, including the playoffs. The Titans haven't really been that good. Like that's the thing. The Titans have not really been that good. Everyone that comes at us and says this all the time, they have not been that good. And the stats prove it. The facts prove it. I don't even care about last year anymore.
2: Like people got to stop talking about last year. Okay. It is 2022. It's a new season. I don't know how long these fans have been watching the NFL, but a good season does not mean you are going to be good every season. Okay. Great teams find ways to be good every season. The Tennessee Titans had a great season. They went to, they were the number one AFC team, like, and great season. But stop talking about 90 injuries. We played 90 players and guys were hurt. Nobody cares. The NFL does not care that you had the most injuries. The NFL does not care that you guys didn't have your players when you needed Nobody cares. No one cares. We. I'm so tired of hearing those, these what ifs and we went here and we did this. One team won the Super Bowl last year. One team. It was the Los Angeles Rams. Kudos to them. Guess what I'm saying about the Rams this year? Nobody cares about last year anymore. Like last year, we move on from last year. You were Super Bowl champs. Congrats. Show me again. Show me every year. You have to show me. Tennessee does not get to rest on their morals or their laws of, of one win of an AFC champ or AFC uh, number one seat. I'm sorry. You have zero Super Bowls in the history of your franchise. You don't get the New England Patriot treatment year after year. You don't get the the Kansas City Chiefs treatment of going to four straight AFC title games. Sorry, but you don't. So stop talking about last year. Let's talk about this year. Let's talk about how you got ran through by the New York Giant offense that is absolutely terrible outside of Saquon Barkley. Poopy. Saquon Barkley single-handedly beat the Tennessee Titans. And this was a, supposed to be a defense that's really good. Yeah, you let the Giants beat you. So I don't want to hear anything about Tennessee Titans or what they're going to do or how good they are. Or A.J. Brown 2.0. I'm sick of it, Titans fans. Stop it. Stop talking like you guys have Super Bowls. You don't. Stop talking like you're relevant. You're not. You had a good 2021 and fell short in the first playoff game that you played in. So, guess what? Come Monday night, when Buffalo slaps you around in Buffalo at Orchard Park and makes you get embarrassed even more than you should be after losing to the Giants, guess what we're going to do? We're going to come on here. You're going to be 0 2, and we're going to say this. We told you. We told you. You're not that good. You're not that good. Derrick Henry, 21 carries, 80 yards. If Derrick Henry doesn't go for 200, the Tennessee Titans are nothing that is the Tennessee Titans good luck in 2022 good fucking luck that's all I got to say about Titans and I'm so done with Titans fans and Titans and well laugh you're 90 guys I'm sick of it Vinny I'm sick of it I can't take it no more they're trash they have never won anything Alicia they've never won anything and Aaron says t-
1: they would never won anything. And Titans fans will be in my
2: comments in my inbox, <laughs> like they are some juggernaut of a team, like they've won something in their in their existence, and they yeah. haven't.
1: I feel like all my notes, the rest of my notes that have <laughs> that are attached to this game, are useless because the thing I was going to bring up is last season, Derrick Henry rushed for 143 ah, yards against the Buffalo cares. Bills. Nobody I was cares going to, about last year. Do you think the Buffalo Bills are um, up for the task to stop there? Bar- uh, okay, let's get this into is, the prediction. This is who should I get, get, get our attention. Let, let's,
2: the Buffalo Bills should get our attention. You want to know why? Because they are doing this. They are ascending, and I will say the same thing about Buffalo. So okay, I said so earlier what, this year, I think they're the best team in football. But I so, will not. So I will not pick them against the Kansas City Chiefs. I won't pick anybody against the Kansas. City okay, Chiefs until all right. They
1: prove it. All right, let's get it. Let's talk Bills, though. Last year they got ran all over by the Tennessee Titans. 143 yards from Derrick Henry. Not to, not talking about Titans. Trying to talk Bills here. What do you do? You think that the the Titans are not? God damn it! Do you think that the Bills have addressed this issue and can be up to the task on Sunday to stop Derrick Henry? Does not matter. Jesus Christ! Prediction. Predict the game then. Predict Buffalo the game. W- Buffalo wins 38 20
2: one i'll give Titans a couple touchdowns
1: buffalo wins 35 14 in this game there you have it bing bang boom predictions I, over uh, i i, I, I
2: got man come on man uh, uh, yeah that's <laughs> where i'm going uh, but that's not the only comment that i know somebody's trying to get some i'm gonna give i'm gonna give them uh some love here uh i believe i believe um this this comment here caught my eye a, a couple of minutes ago and uh, and I want to point it out. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And this I've talked about this in the preseason when we talked about the Bengals, you don't play your starters. This is what you get. You get sloppy play early in the season. So for, for Bengals fans, I am the, probably one of the biggest, like Bengals I know you can call me a Bengal hater I'm not really a Bengal hater I'm just approve it like show me consistency show me winning over the course of 4 or 5 years that you can do it year in and year out and then you get my love and you get my respect I'm probably the lowest on the Bengals because I want to see consistency so I actually think the Bengals are okay right now I know they turn the ball over I know they didn't block well I said I thought the Bengals were still okay right now but I still don't see the Bengals where I see the Bills and the Chiefs. Yes, the Bengals were able to beat Kansas City twice last year and go to the Super Bowl. Congratulations, Bengals fans, on 2021 being the runner-up. Oh, look, my internet's not liking me right now. As a matter of fact, I, 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 we're, I'm in the zone now, Vinny. Hold on, I'm in the zone, I'm in the zone. Bye, hold, on, hold on. So, look, I mean, I'm super happy. But at the end of the day, when your head is like this after the Super Bowl, guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody cares that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. It's over. That is great. Bengals playoffs. Andy Dalton was a first-round exit every single year. Congratulations. How many Super Bowls do the Cincinnati Bengals have under their belt as a franchise? When you want to be known as a consistent winner, first of all, the first step is win one. Win one. Win one and then be consistent year in and year out. You know who I respect right now? I give the Rams respect because they lost the Super Bowl in 2019. They were right back there last year and then they won the Super Bowl. That's a team, okay? You know what? That is an organization that deserves respect. They are being consistent. You know who I don't respect? The teams that never win one, but always want to talk about how they're winning one. The Dallas Cowboys, my team, still living off of their damn Super Bowls from the 1990s like they are some kind of special organization. Well, guess what? They're not. They haven't won since then. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that you went to the Super Bowl and lost. I can go name all the Super Bowl losers. Are we talking about Atlanta? They lost the Super Bowl. We're talking about uh, some of these other teams that have lost Super Bowls. I don't even remember Remember these Super Bowl losers. Like, I don't (laughs) care. Nobody cares. The Bengals had a good run last year late in the season. Show me you can do it again. If they make it to the AFC championship game this year, which they should, they should. Technically, the Cincinnati Bengals should make it to the championship game this year. I will come on here and I will say that is a team that deserves respect. They made it back to as far as you can get without getting to the Super Bowl. And that is extremely hard to do. If they do that, I come and talk to me. Until then, stop with last year's teams that were great. If you don't have a track record, Green Bay gets my gets my love. They've been to the NFC championship game year in, year out. Tampa Bay gets my love. Ch- Kansas City, they get some love. All those other teams that are one year wonders, get the hell out of here. I'm tired of the fans, tired of them, tired of them. These fans need to stop. We will. Oh, by the way, we will have the (laughs) We we, we will have this tomorrow. Uh, We do NFC games, the NFC home teams on Fridays. We do AFC home teams on on Thursdays. We will have the Friday.
1: That's not accurate.
2: Well, no, no. To this week, it's (laughs) based on the Thursday night football game. uh, We will do the NFC tomorrow uh, with our predictions and and how we feel about that. But um, I will tell you. I'm a Cowboys fan and I don't know that I'm picking the Cowboys. Let's just say
1: breaking surprising news. Julio Jones is not practicing with the bucks today.
2: Oh, I know. I I saw that earlier. (laughs) None of the receivers are though. Neither is Mike Evans or Chris Russell Gage. They all got nicked up injuries. Cowboys can't beat you. We're going to hit you and we're going to hurt you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Banging and bruising. There you go. Uh, Yeah. We'll have that game and the rest of the NFC predictions tomorrow live at 10 AM Eastern. But for now we have completed the AFC predictions. We've given you our power rankings for week two. We've given you our predictions for these eight games. We've got another eight games tomorrow. You are not going to want to be anywhere else on our football Week two coverage, but here in the city. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media pages at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the Tickety Talk. Again, that is the Sac City Pod. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Really, start telling your friends. That's where we're at right now. We are in a mode where see the show, appreciate the show, share the show. Like, just share it. Share, share, share. Tell your friends. Let's grow the city. Um, and have more fun conversations like we had today with all the people in the chat. We appreciate they everyone. They, they, do. they do, they do, re- and I love it.
2: I hate me and I love it.
1: They do, and they also think I'm stupid. So we're that's where we're at right now on the show. They hate you. I am stupid. Um, but until tomorrow at 10 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time, he is the most hated man in the on the show, Aaron Mukes, and I'm the stupidest man on the show, me. We will see. You tomorrow. He's out.
0: press that next button that was a great show right you know it i know it so let's help somebody else know it before you listen to our next episode go ahead and write us a review and let everyone know how great it is to be a part of the city sack city home of six-star content